You are now tuned into Reckless Talk with Wreck-It Rhea. I'm your host, Wreck-It Rhea, and this is episode 25. I'm going to call this episode To Love a Black Man. And this is going to be a very intimate, very vulnerable, very personal interview for me. Um, In the month of February, I really wanted to dedicate an entire interview to all the black men in my life and just give them their roses and let them know how appreciated and how loved and well-deserved they are. And I'm sure all of my listeners have some black man in their life that means the world to them, that they embrace as a king. And me being a lesbian woman, a proud lesbian woman, I still have to acknowledge the need. And um, I, I stress that word, the need. And when I say need, I mean beyond procreation and um, sexual gratification. I'm talking about the need for our black men. I think that we don't um, stress enough or put out enough how much we need these men. And I have a few black men in my life that mean the world to me and that I would not be able to do this without. So I definitely want to take the time to give them their roses. Um, Let me stop and say thank you to anyone who is listening, who is still listening any new listeners um i like to get a little personal sometimes in my interviews you know not everything is about sex some shit you know i'm a little educated (laughs) so some shit i like to get a little deep sometimes and i feel like this interview is going to be a little deeper a little personal and i hope you listen to the whole interview and um let me know i hope you get something out of it or something relatable something that somebody can feel um I'm going to start with the first black man in my life. I'm going to start this interview talking about my father and um, just speaking about the topic of loving a black man who is in the hustling game or who are, who's in the drug game and the effects and the... Um, the experience that come from loving a man <clears throat> in that kind of line of work. So, like I said, I like to get personal in anything that I'm sharing. I was um I have permission to share. I am the daughter of a former hustler. And growing up, I didn't really understand that my father was a drug dealer <laughs> like a court I thought my whole life I thought my father was a detective and I remember my father had this little black car and he had um a set of handcuffs in like the mirror part of his car and I will always tell people my father was a detective I told my mother that I told my father that and um my mother would agree with me like she let me believe that for a really long time I really thought my father was a detective and nobody could tell me anything about my dad. It wasn't until I got a little bit older. I would say about 10, 11. I'm coming in. So I guess you could say that's early. But for me, I feel like that's when I started understanding life and logic and everything is not rainbows and unicorns. Um, And... I started, like, you know, growing up in Southside, in my neighborhood, everybody kind of really knew each other. So there will be rumors. And I remember the first time I was a kid, I got into a tiny argument with one of my cousins, actually. And she told me, she was just like, we were arguing. She's like, that's why your dad sells crack. And I think I was about 10. And I think in that moment, like, I had heard little things before about my dad being a drug dealer. I didn't understand why, you know, my dad always had a nice car or he always dressed really well or had so much jewelry. Anybody who knew my dad knew he was flashy and he dressed well and he was kind of like me. I mean, I am my dad's daughter. Um, But I... 
I think that was the first time I realized, like, maybe what people are saying is true. Maybe my father is a drug dealer. And um, that was when that whole detective facade that I had going on, I kind of, like, was like, nah, maybe, you know, what people are saying is might be true. And um, it was more than just my cousin saying that it was just something that was circulating in the neighborhood and um I think that growing up me and my father had a very 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 unique relationship um we didn't have that typical daddy daughter um my mom and my dad separated when I was about from what I can remember about seven years old um that's when he left and when my dad left the house or stopped coming to my house, um, we started, like, he would call me and we would talk and sit in his car for hours. And that became our relationship for the better part of my childhood. I remember long talks in the car with my father. He would pull up in front of my house for some reason he stopped coming inside of my house and um but he was still around he was still present um I can't say I saw my dad every single day growing up but he was very present in my life and um my dad taught me things that a textbook could have never taught me my dad taught me street wisdom my dad my dad taught me the importance of body language the importance of eye contact um the importance of not letting people know where you sleep and shit my dad instilled lessons in me from when i was very young from when i was 11 12 years old sitting in the car with my dad and he's telling me about real life lessons my dad never gave me anything um with you know, he never sweetened anything for me. And I feel like um, a lot of that plays into my personality now and how I'm very logical and I'm very blunt. And I got a lot of that growing up, especially from my father. He gave me the real. He gave me reality. He gave me life lessons that I still take with me. So we had a very um, unique relationship growing up. And when... I got a little bit older, maybe in my early teen years, and when my dad started telling me, like, the stories about, you know, the the hustling and, you know, the dangers of it and how he's been in situations, near-death experiences, people shooting at him, people trying to take his life. And I believe, like, in my teen years is when I really started having this fear when it came to my dad. Um, I had I, I developed this worry. I developed this sense of I don't know what's gonna happen to my father, just based off of the lifestyle he was living um, in New York City, a very fast lifestyle. And I I can't give the exact year that my father moved out of New York City, but my father moved out of state and. Um, literally i would say restarted his life um he left the drug game um i have two younger brothers that he moved out of state with his wife he now has a career he's living a very typical all-american life and when my father left new york city um I felt a sense of relief. It was the most relief I've ever felt when it came to loving my father because I was afraid for my father's life at some point in my life. And um, although I do believe death is inevitable and we're all going to meet our maker at some point, I do believe that if I ever get that call at this point, when it pertains to my father, if I ever got that call, when it came to death, it would be something health-related or it would be a car accident or something beyond control. I don't feel the worry of getting a call with someone saying, 
my father was gunned down or my father was arrested and you know my father's going to be spending the rest of his life in prison I don't worry about those calls and I felt a sense of relief and the relationship I have with my father now is more than I could have ever asked for and um you know, our conversations start with a different tone than they ever did when he was in New York City and when he was in the drug game. Now I call my father, what are you doing? He's cutting grass. You know, he's setting up lemonade, lemonade stands for my little brothers. He's doing typical dad shit. And although I didn't get that um, side of my father, I didn't get that all-American soccer dad, I'm so blessed that my little brothers are getting that experience and I'm so blessed that I did get the life lessons that I got from my dad because I feel like they helped me become the woman that I am um and he still instills so much in me and we have an amazing relationship but I am so um I can only speak from my personal experience I was relieved when my dad left New York City and when my dad left the drug game and my question to my listeners is do you feel like when men have families and children and um wives girlfriends etc and they are in the hustling game the drug game do you feel like it is selfish to the families to the children do you feel like it's selfish or do you feel like In some instances, it is a necessity. It is something that some people need to do because there are no other options or people do have families to feed, you know? Like, I want some responses. Do you feel like it's a selfish it's a selfish game to play when you do have families? We read so many articles about women and mothers losing husbands and fathers to this game and it burns my heart I've had friends personally who have lost their significant other to the drug game um in some fashion so you know it burns my heart and it's very personal for me because I am the daughter of a former hustler and I know that fear and that worry um I'm blessed that I don't have to deal with that anymore um I'm blessed for the lessons I got um from my father based off of his experiences but I'm relieved and um I I'm I'm happy that he was giving a start over that's something that me and my father talk about all the time um it's just um, how do I say it? Accepting second chances and not taking them for granted because there's so many times, you know, he could have lost his life and, you know, God kept him here for a reason. So I'm just blessed and I really want your opinion on um, black men in the hustling game. What do, what do y'all feel about that? Next, I really, because I'm just going off, I thought I was going to need... I actually thought I was going to need a guest for this, but then I realized I had too much to say. And I realized I didn't need a guest for this episode because this episode is so personal to me. And I really just wanted to pour my heart on these black men in my life. Um, Next, I'm definitely going to touch on, I want to touch on fatherhood and black men. Um, A lot of black men in my life are fathers. A few are not, but I do want to touch on fatherhood. And when I touch on fatherhood, I do want to talk a little bit about my ex-husband. I've always been very transparent with the fact that I was married. And my daughter's father... Okay, so I want to dedicate this episode to Black fathers. And I definitely want to... I want to... um, I want to stress the importance of a trying father. I'm not talking about all black fathers. I'm not talking about the black fathers that are a piece of shit. The ones that um, 
you know, are neglecting their children or causing some form of trauma. I'm not talking about those fathers. I'm talking about the trying father. This um, segment is for the trying father. I feel like it is so important as black women um, that we uplift the trying father and we allow them to be a trying father. Nothing is more important than a father um a trying father in a child's life and those are lessons that I even had to learn when I was going through my separation with my daughter's father I we were at a really really low place in our relationship and you know at the time he was making life really hard for me and I remember something in particular us having an argument and I'm just telling him like all these hateful things about him and telling him that he's nothing to me and I remember him saying something that really stood out to me and him saying like we're always going to be family and at the time I didn't understand it and you know of course I'm telling him like we're not family but where our relationship was and how much it has grown I understand exactly what he meant about us always being family because as long as he's a trying father and I say trying because I don't feel like there's no such thing as a perfect parent I'm not a perfect parent he's not a perfect parent but he's a trying father and he is a great father to my daughter and as long as he's a trying father I'm always gonna promote and support and big the fuck up when it comes to that relationship because it goes back to my father. There are lessons that my father taught me that my mother could have never in this world taught me. And because I did have my daughter with a black man and I support that relationship 100%, I, there are things that he is going to teach her that I cannot teach her. Um, there are things that she is being taught that came from her father. He instilled so much wisdom in her. And the way that he loves his child, my child, I could never come in between that relationship. So it really bothers me when I see women holding these children against these fathers, um, not allowing the fathers to see. And I'm talking about for the trying fathers, not allowing the fathers to see their children or, you know, holding the children as a pawn when these fathers are fighting to be to just to be a father in their children's life um that bothers me so much because I really in my heart when it comes to anybody in this world I know nobody loves my daughter the way her father loves her me and her father love her equally and it took me a long time, a long time for me to say out of my mouth with a straight face, 100%, I love my daughter's father. And I, I still love my daughter's father, but the love I have for my daughter's father is in a very different way. I love my daughter's father because I depend on him to be. I depend on his safety, his health, his wellness, so that he can be here to be a father to my daughter. Um, I know how much my daughter loves her father. And the way that he loves her and the way that he takes care of her, I have no choice but to love him. And I have a, a certain respect for him, the same respect that he has for me as her father. Um, and I promote promote that relationship i know that every situation is not going to be blissful you know the way our situation is and don't get it fucked up we still have trying days we don't always agree on each other because it is a divided household some things he may want you know when it comes to her i may not be on board and vice versa but we have found a common ground and i feel like it all comes from respect he respects me as his child's mother and I respect him as my child's father and I know that he loves her I know that when my daughter's with her father she is safe I know that she is happy and that's more than I could ask for so I really want to stress the importance of allowing these men to love and nurture and educate and be a part of these children's 
milestones and experiences because it's so important. Um, and it's so important for the the mental sanity of the black man. I read a story not so many months ago and um, I read a story in the Daily News and this black man, he he killed his girlfriend, I believe. I want to say it correctly. He killed his girlfriend. He killed his ex-wife because she was keeping the children from him. And then he ends up killing himself. And he made a video about it, just about his sanity and the effect. Um, it was the toll of her keeping his children. And I'm not agreeing with anything that he did at all. Um, I'm just talking about the mental instability that these situations can create when we are keeping these children from these men or feeling like, you know, because we did carry these children that we are of greater than the father. Um, I really feel like the parents' roles should be equal. I mean, of course, as a mother, we just have a different, um, a different connection, but I still support and I definitely, definitely encourage the role of parenthood when it comes to the black man. And I have amazing, amazing fathers in my circle um, of friends and family. And I acknowledge them and I congratulate them. And I let them know, you know, that you're a great father because some of these men, they don't hear it. They don't hear it. And um, I think that that should definitely be highlighted a lot more. So I definitely want to definitely wanted to give a few moments to, you know, my daughter's father and him being an important black man in my life. And, you know, I always check on him and make sure he's okay. You know, just because I've realized how much um, his presence is needed in my daughter's life. I don't want to. It's not a want for me to ever have to explain right now to my daughter that something happened to her father. I don't understand. She wouldn't be able to accept that news. So I really um check on him as much as I can and just let him know that, you know, I care because of the way my daughter loves him. Um yeah, I'm going off by myself. <laughs> I really, like, all I need is my listeners. I really don't need nothing else. I just need my listeners. I really um want to talk about black men and incarceration. And this one, I really want to talk about this. This is, people don't understand, this is, like, venting to me because I have so much, you know, so many emotions built up, but these last few months, I've been going through one of the hardest um, experiences of my life. My little brother, who means the world to me, um, I'm like a mama bear when it comes to my brother. I am my brother's keeper. He's one of my best friends. He is everything to me. And, um, he was arrested a few months ago and it shook up my world it shook up my family um it it definitely has been a traumatic last few months and while i will not talk about his charges i will say i am such a logical person and such what i would like to think as a realist that if my brother did something that was detrimental or had an effect on another family, something that hurt another family, caused some kind of anguish, I would not be screaming, free my brother. I would miss my brother. I would want, you know, I would miss everything I know that I'm going to miss for the rest of my life if he did something to affect another person or affect another family. I will not be screaming, free my brother. So with that being said, it's free my brother. 
And um, what my brother did affected him, himself, and his family, the people that love him, uh, me, his lady, my mother, his father, you know, the people that love him. Um, it's been hard. I feel very alone without my brother. I feel very... Some days I feel very helpless. Like, having someone in, that you love incarcerated. I've never had someone so close to me incarcerated. And um, I go through a range of emotions. You know, and I'm just going to be as transparent as I can be in this interview. I go through a range of emotions. Some days I'm angry. Some days... Um, I'm sad. Some days I'm happy because I'm thinking about the good times. Some days I'm hopeful because I'm thinking about what's to come. Some days I feel defeated. Um, some days I don't feel safe because my brother's not out here, you know? So I, I deal with a range of emotions. But what I've learned to do is stay positive because... I know I'm going to see my brother again. Um, it's a matter of when. I know that I'm going to see my brother. So I stay positive And every time he calls me, even if I'm having a bad day, when I see that, that name, I put on my happy face because whatever I'm dealing with, he's dealing with times 10. My brother is aware of the mistake he made um he's aware how his decisions have affected him and his family and it's not my job to beat him down or to it's not my job to keep telling him where he went wrong we had that conversation and we will have that conversation when I'm able to physically touch him um my job right now is to keep him in good spirits because his days are long his days are he has no control over his days he's dealing with something that he has never experienced in his life and something that i have never experienced so personal so when i speak to my brother no matter what i'm going through I put a smile on my face and I put some humor in my voice because I want to uplift him. I want him to feel good, you know, for those few minutes when we're on the phone because I know he's dealing with a lot and I know that he has a lot of time to think. And I know that even I hear his growth when I'm on the phone with him, the way he speaks and you know, the lessons that he's learning. When you have nothing but time, trust me, time is going to teach you some motherfucking lesson. When you out here, you know, on other people's time and other people's schedule, you don't have time to really think. And um, being away, I feel like he's thinking and he he he's realizing, you know, he has to come out and he has to make some changes. But right now, that's not my job. My job is to uplift him. My, my job is to make him laugh. My job is to make him feel like he's here as much as I can. So it's always good vibes when I speak to my brother. And I'm going to say this for anyone who does have someone that they love that is incarcerated. You try to pick up that motherfucking phone. I don't care what you're doing. Um... When it comes to my brother, I pick up that phone. I don't give a fuck if I was knee-deep in some pussy. I'm going to try to pick up that phone because those calls mean the world to him. Those couple of minutes that he gets to talk to me, I could take five minutes out of my day to answer the phone for my brother. Um, And um, I just, I give him love. I give him love. I miss my brother. I've always been been i've always tried to be the best role model that i can be but um one thing my brother has always told me in every situation anytime he's messed up i was always there and i was always able to talk to him and this time i i'm not and one thing he's always told me is Rhea, you don't know what it's like 
to be a black man. And for a long time, I had no rebuttal for that because I didn't. I don't know what it's like to be a black man. Um, And I'll never know what it's like to be a black man. But what I say to that now is, and what I've said to him recently, you know, before this incarceration is, you don't know what it's like to love a black man, to be a black woman and love a black man. I think our black men need to understand the vulnerability, the weakness in that position. I love every man in my life. And as a black woman, our love runs deep. As a black woman, we will stand in front of a sword, in front of a bullet for our black men. And I would do that for my brother because I know he would do it for me. Um, So him being in a situation that I, I have no control of, I can't save him from, it it definitely makes me feel weak. It makes me feel, like I said, defeated some days. But I keep hope and knowing that he's going to come home with greater lessons that I, I could have taught him. And he's going to come home a better man. And I'm definitely going to be on that ass like white on rice pause. But you know what I mean? I've always been on top of him, but I just hope the lessons from this experience um i hope he comes home with big lessons and i would take this over not being able to ever see my brother again if this is the lesson that god has put forth to make him change his life or change a few you know decisions that he was making i'll take this i would take this over my brother being gunned down me not being able to see my brother my brother hurting someone and him not even having a hope of coming home again i'll take this lesson i'll take these couple of months away from my brother because i love him that much and um i can't question god's lessons all i can say is if you have a black man in your life as incarcerated do not talk down to them build them up lift them up keep them happy um it takes it takes a toll on the family it takes a mental toll it takes a financial toll but you know what anything that i do for my brother i know in the blink of an eye he would do it for me and he's my little brother but he thinks he's my big brother um, but i love my brother to death and i can't wait till he gets home and this has been a lesson and um just i'm just encouraging our black men to make better decisions because the decisions affect the people that love you more than anything in this world your decisions affect the women in your life and um i'm just staying strong because i am a black woman (laughs) and i am strong um and i know i'm gonna see my brother again so free my brother next i am going to touch on this is good like and i'm literally going off the top um that's how y'all know this shit is real this shit is authentic this shit is from my heart i'm gonna talk about i want to talk about my uncle i have an uncle he means the world to me and my uncle is literally like he's like my bodyguard he's my protector he's my everything he don't play about me <laughs> um my uncle is an amazing amazing black man my uncle is hard working my uncle is a great father my uncle is so logical and so observant and he's a thinker and um my uncle's a few years younger than me and growing up I grew up with him I kind of had like a little brother relationship with him like I always felt like I had two little brothers my actual little brother and then my uncle because my uncle was three years younger than me but now that we are adults and he is a grown man with children and a family I'm looking I'm seeing him in a different light and I look at him as a man. He's a man. He's my uncle. And he treats me like an uncle. He's very protective. He he checks on me. He makes sure I'm good. Um, Anything I need, I know I could call my uncle. You know, like, 
I need my car shoveled out. I call my uncle. He's going to do it. I need someone to go with me somewhere. I call my uncle. He's going to do it. And in recent years, we've gotten so close. Um, We've gotten closer than we've ever been, you know, as adults. You know, we're both adults. And we just enjoy each other's company. And my uncle is very um, protective of me. And as I... As I progress in this podcast journey i my uncle has been supportive since day one let me just drop that and all my events and everything i take my uncle with me because this black man in my life like every black man in my life but um i want to give him his roses he makes me feel very safe i feel very safe when i'm with my uncle um and when i say safe i mean safe i mean i know that nothing is going to happen to me that didn't happen to him first and i've always been the kind of person like this i don't cause problems i'm not into the street shit um you know i'm a straight and narrow kind of woman like i've never been arrested in my life i don't get in no trouble um i'm not into no fights i'm into love and fly shit but you still have to understand, I grew up in South Jamaica, Queens. So there's still a certain streetness in me. There's still a certain, um, you know, a certain, I got that New York thing to me. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't look for problems, but if a problem occurs, it is what it is. And when it comes to my uncle, I feel very safe with him. Um, I don't... Being a lesbian woman... It it can be very unsafe sometimes. I go out sometimes with my lady. My lady's looking good. There are men sometimes who don't understand the word no. There are men sometimes who don't understand respect... And um, there are men sometimes who try to try you. And I've I've been I've had men get disrespectful. I've had men call me lesbian bitch, this that, things like that. Do not bother me. Let me tell you something about me. When it comes to respect, me at thirty three. If someone calls me out of my name, that's not. That's is it is disrespectful. Don't get it fucked up. I don't want I don't want y'all to get the wrong. I want y'all to understand what I'm saying. I'm not every man in my life. I'm not calling any of them for someone calling me a bitch. I'm not. Now, if you call me a bitch in front of one of these men, then that's on you. Because the way they feel about me and the way they protect me, I cannot tell you what's going to happen if you call me a bitch in front of my uncle. But if you call me a bitch, I'm not going to go call my uncle. You understand what I'm saying to you? I want to stress the importance. And I want to talk about it in this segment because my uncle is my protector. He is my lion. I want to stress the importance of not putting our black men into unnecessary situations. I want to stress the importance of not calling our black men into stupid bullshit when it comes to defending and protecting. I've seen it too many times and, and, and I have a certain fire in my voice because it's something that I've dealt with personally with a friend whose husband was killed because his sister, some men at a party called her a bitch. She calls her brother, yo, come this nigga called me a bitch. Her brother comes to protect his sister because somebody called him a bitch. Somebody called his sister a bitch. He goes to the party to protect his sister and gets gunned down. Gunned down. This man got three kids. This man is gunned down because somebody called you a bitch. You called this man out of his house with his family and his children because somebody called you a bitch. That's unnecessary stupid shit. And that is what we're going to stop doing. I'm never going to call my uncle, who is my lion, who is my protector, out of his house 
because somebody called him a bitch because I cannot explain to his beautiful baby girl who I love more than anything. I can explain to his children that your dad is not here because I called him out his crib because somebody called me a lesbian bitch. I can't explain that to his kids. You understand what I'm saying? And I, t- and I say that as a real, as real as I can be. I'm not explaining that to his kids. That's bullshit. No man that I love, am I ever going to put them in a situation? I don't put people I love in situations. But the people that I love, if a situation occurs, they're ready. That's the difference. That's what I need y'all to understand. I'm not calling none of the men I love because someone did something. If I call someone or... You know, I give one of these men a signal. It has to be my, I have to fear for my life. My life has to be in danger. I have to be into some form of fear. Words that shit don't mean nothing to me. I've been called a bitch before. I've been called a dyke. I've been called all that. Okay, cool. I have to be in fear. You have to do something to me that makes me feel like you're going to hurt me. Because none of these men that I love, none of them is coming to talk. And I mean that with honesty and real shit. If I call any of these men I love and say someone did something to me, my uncle's not going to come and ask no man, why did you slap Rhea? That's just unheard of. Where I'm from, that's unheard of. They're not coming. So I have to be in fear of my life. And if I call one of these men when I'm in fear of my life, it's only because if I didn't call them, they would be upset with me that I didn't. I'm not putting no black man that I love in an unnecessary situation. I'm a woman. I carry myself with respect. I carry myself with class. I carry myself with dignity. Um, I think that is so important you know, and just because we have these black men that love us and that would do anything to protect us, we don't take that for granted. And we don't put them in bad situations where they feel like they have to defend our name over some bullshit. Trust me, if any of these men I love defend my name, it's going to be over some shit that is beyond my control. You understand what I'm saying? Because I love them that much that I would never put no man that I love into a sticky situation you know what I mean and they they every from my little brother I don't I'm not that kind of person I'm not I don't hit people with the line let me call my little brother I'm gonna call my little no I'm not doing that because I already know my little brother if I call my little brother my little brother's not talking you understand what I mean when it comes to me he's not talking and I don't want him to get in no trouble so I feel like we have to be more considerate you know with our protectors and not putting them in bad situations and that is our way of protecting them if you love these men you protect them you don't you don't um send them to a gunfight with a knife you know what I mean? You don't put them in no line of fire like that. You don't call them for no stupid shit. You let them know what you up against and how the severity of the situation. And if it's a situation that ain't of no severity, you let these men stay home with their children to live another day, to love only kids, because that's something that really bothers me. We see it too much. Um, our black men losing their lives. Because they was defending somebody else's honor or over some trivial shit. Like, shit that ain't even worth a life. And these, you know, these niggas got kids, you know? And that bothers me. So, I definitely wanted to t- touch on that. Um, <laughs> that was that was deep for me because that bothers me. Um, I definitely want to use a little bit of time to talk about the last black man in my life. Um, and I'm... I have many black men in my life, but I'm talking about the top five, the top five, my top five men in my life. Um, and last but definitely not least is one of my best friends in this whole world. I have a male best friend that I've had since I was, I met him when I was 15 and, um, (laughs) uh, just because I don't mind being transparent, he was um an ex-boyfriend and he was one of my first boyfriends I met him when I was 15 he was one of the first people that I was ever in my life intimate with and we really developed a emotional connection a deep emotional connection 
And obviously, at this point in my life, I am a proud, full-fledged, open and honest um, lesbian woman. And he is still one of my best friends in this whole world. Um, He is one of the only men that makes me feel very vulnerable. I feel very, um, I feel very vulnerable around him. I don't know if it's based on our connection, but he is someone that I would lay in the bed and watch movies with. And, you know, when I go to his house, I lay across his couch and he cooked for me and we play video games and we talk about bitches like we really have a deep 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 friendship and I just want to you know touch on the importance of healthy friendships with black men whether it was someone that you were intimate with because a lot of people believe that you cannot have a healthy friendship with someone that you were intimate with and I think me and his friendship really um me and his friendship really breaks that myth because there is no intimacy like what the fuck (laughs) we don't play that like we like he I don't consider him my brother because I don't know that's just weird to me I cannot consider someone that I know I've been intimate with in my life my brother so I don't consider him my brother when I I don't do no fake shit with him when I see him I don't bro him and dap him when I see him I hug him and I tell him I love him and all the black men in my life I as much as I can I text them every day and let them know I love them and when I see my best friend is no different I love him I you know I feel womanly around him and he makes me feel safe and um one of the reasons we've kept such a long-standing friendship is just the mental and emotional connection that we built over the years our connection was never um based off of you know a sexual connection so when that stopped and and became completely non-existent um it was easy to build a friendship because we had such a deep mental and emotional connection. And I don't know what I would do in this world without him. And, you know, he's very, he has, he's a very, very masculine, very manly, but he has built a trust in me and, um, a vulnerability when it comes to being able to talk and express his emotions and I know that you know if anything is going wrong with him he's gonna call me it doesn't matter what time he knows he can call me I'm gonna stay on that phone with him I don't care if it's two three hours I'm gonna listen I don't care if he needs someone to cry to someone to laugh with he knows that he could call me because I made him feel safe and um safe in his vulnerability and I think that needs to be encourage and our black men vulnerability and emotions some of these black men don't have a a black woman to come and talk to because um we look at it as a as a form of weakness and you know if a black man comes and cry to you you call him pussy or you call and i'm i'm just like that baffles me because these black men don't have somebody to talk to and when it comes to the black men in my life from the the men the friends i have i always without you know sounding like a fucking weirdo i let them know if you need someone to talk to you come to me if you need someone i don't give a fuck call my phone we could talk and that's why like it's hard for me um accepting new men in my life because some people come with ulterior motives and you know being a lesbian woman maybe like oh i want to be your friend and nah i'm not into no weirdo shit like that um but when it comes to i've met a few men over the years such as my dj i love my dj um i built a great rapport with my dj he has a great energy to him he's so supportive um he is so encouraging he believes in me like i believe in him and his loyalty goes deep i let him know even though we talk about business shit I I check on him. I I text him. How you feeling? And I'm sure in the I don't know, but I feel like in the beginning he thought like maybe I was a fucking weirdo or something. But I'm like I just want to let you know, like as a black man coming into my life, the way you support me, you make me feel like a woman. One thing I do, I 
I've loved about him since day one. He makes me feel like a woman. I don't like meeting people and because I'm a lesbian woman, they try to bro me or they try to treat me like a nigga. I'm not your nigga. Treat me like your sister. You know what I mean? Because if you're a man in my life, I'm going to treat you like my brother. And he's always had respect for me since the day that he met me um, and has treated me like a, a sister. So I have nothing but love and respect for my DJ and I'm quick you know he's an early bird like me I will text him how you feeling this morning you know if you need someone to talk to know that you could call me you know I these are the relationships that I have in my life this is real shit I don't have no men in my life that that um don't give me some form of fulfillment you know what I mean that that doesn't make me feel safe that doesn't make sense i don't need to have a man in my life that you know doesn't offer some form of safety some form of vulnerability and that's something that all these men in my life offer me they make me feel safe and their role needs to be stressed they need to know that they're important down to yo let me tell you something my bud when i see my bud me and him have a great report when i see my bud i ask how are you and I really want to know, how are you? Before my butt dude leaves me, I tell him, be safe. And I mean that. Be safe. I tell him all the time, be safe. I let him know, yo, watch yourself out here because of your line of work. I care about you. You know, I want you to be safe. These are the relationships I have in my life with black men. Even as a black lesbian woman, I need to let them know, y'all are important. I fucking need y'all. I fucking feel safe with y'all. Fuck out of here. I'm still a woman. You know what I mean? There's certainly... I'm a woman. And sometimes, you know, a nigga might get too crazy. I'm not fighting no man. I got men in my life that love me and that will do anything to protect me. I'm not going to put none of them in no situation. But they make me feel loved. They make me feel protected. They make me feel valued. They make me feel important. And I want to make sure I make them feel the same fucking way. Um, Every man in my life, I really hope I touched on some really important topics. I hope something was personal, something, you know, something you could relate to. This is real shit. This is my real life. And this is like, when I was younger, I always thought I was going to write an autobiography. I really did because I always had so many thoughts in my head. I'm like, yo, one day I'm going to write an autobiography or some form of, um, some form of life experience story. I feel like this is me like sharing everything. So this is therapeutic for me. I want y'all to know this shit is literally off the top of my head. To love a black man. I hope any woman um, that loves a black man felt some something from this interview. And if you did, let me know. If you enjoyed this one, let me know. Um, as always, I love you for listening. Sending love, light, and blessings to everybody. It's Wreck-It Ray. I'm the fuck out of here.